my name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 690 and maybe also 691. We're actually going to divide this up. I, From a producer standpoint, I'm not sure if we're going to do another intro or just like keep recording. I'll figure it out. And then we'll just kind of lead in. With yeah. The, yeah. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. As always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being, is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, a handful of things. We're going to go over Kathy's team's um, Zen Parenting moment mm-hmm. from last week. Not yesterday, because last week's... from today, I put one out today, too. I saw that, but I want to focus on, yeah, on last okay. week's more. Sure. And then uh, let's say in the middle of the show, we're going to talk a little bit about our big announcement regarding Team Zen 2.0. Because okay. I really want to get into some of the details, but uh, let's do it in a little bit. So okay. help me remember that. I will. Uh, but Kathy was on her Peloton bike a few hours ago and you're like, how about we did, how about we do a show on what is good, what is true and what is beautiful? Yes. I love those three words. So I listed a handful of different things that I may or may not, uh, share depending on how the conversation goes. Do you know where I got that? Um, yes. I think you did a yes. Google search and it was from a whole bunch of people or you couldn't figure it out. Well, no, I couldn't figure out where the, the direct quote came from, but I was listening to Richard Rohr and Brene Brown talk about, um, you know, uh, religion, mysticism, spirituality, and Catholicism. And you were raised Catholic. Sure was. Um, and that, that idea of good, um, true and beautiful, it, it's connected to, spirituality and religion um and just how we don't have an understanding of what those really mean now of course not because they're kind of subjective Mm -hmm. right like different for everybody right um but that that's really what we're going for and that that's what creates meaning in our lives and knowing what those things are um you know with clarity kind of helps you define everything in your life, like what's most important and what to do next and where to spend my time. Yeah. And also, but like you said, I started looking up, well, what's the direct quote? And there's like, you know, Nietzsche said it. Good old Nietzsche. Some guy like three years ago who's from Iowa said something. Oh, the (laughs) Iowa guy from three years ago? I love that guy. (laughs) And then all, you know, so my point is, is like, and then you, and then it's also biblical, you know, quote. So- I don't know where it originated. All I know is we're going to talk about what's good, true, and beautiful. Uh, but first, I'm going to play a song from uh, John Mellencamp, because Kathy does these unparenting And moments. India Ari. Oh, it's thank both you. of them, yes. Um, and I'm just going to play this part first. Looking down the nose is what people say. These are just words and words are okay. What you do and not what you say If you're not part of the future Then get out of the way Come on baby, take a ride with me I'm coming in and I'm Tennessee Everything is cool as can be All right, sweetie, why did you include this in your Zen parenting moment? Well, actually, that verse you played was not the quote that I used. Oh, it isn't? Mm-mm. Oh. It's okay, though. What I mean, I the whole song... Yeah, because it was actually India Ari's part that that I like the verse. Um, Do you have it in front of you? I'd I'd have to find it. Okay, don't worry about it. Uh, Well, I just like that song, um, and I always have. It's kind of one of those songs. Do you guys ever have like songs that just like stay with you? Like Mm -hmm. they, you'll like you'll get a new phone or you'll do a new playlist or you'll switch from Apple Music to Spotify, but it's like a song that continues to like like stand the test of time. Sure. And so that's just one of them for me. And so when I was writing um, last week's Zen Parenting Moment, I, you know, I've told everybody this before. I usually, I read what I wrote and then I'm like, okay, what does this remind me of? And it reminds me of that song. Mm. I think John Mellencamp is uh, just a really important musician in my life. Oh, yeah. And not one that I necessarily give enough credit to. They used him in The Bear last night, remember? Yes, they did. Check it out. Yeah, check it out. I yeah. love that song. We were watching The Bear, and that they have some really interesting music choices in that show. It's just a great show. I know. I don't know who directs it. I don't know anything about how it came together, but it's a really good show. Uh, but get ready for yelling. A lot of people yelling at other people. Well, let's, it's human behavior, man. And yeah. and it's not all... It's I think it's interesting, human behavior, because it's very unpredictable. It's very unfiltered, which I appreciate. And sometimes, like the way people react is not what you expect. Like when they, oh my gosh, when they Last figured night? out the 
punch what was in the punch bowl or yeah. whatever like, and yeah. he tells him and he's like don't don't kill me and he's like it's okay yeah that, <laughs> I was that, like, was, what? that was really funny um so anyway um so kathy wrote this moment and the title of the moment was as i go through it peaceful things in 2022 you have eight things that helped you find peace in 2022, I'm going to list them and pause and hear your two cents about each sure. one. And then we're going to go into our own list yeah. of good, mm-hmm. beautiful, and true. Sounds good. Uh, the Art and Poetry of Morgan Harper Nichols. Yeah. Who is this? So I don't know where I found Morgan Harper Nichols, but I found her last year, you know, or starting at the beginning of this year. And she's just really gotten me through everything. Like I subscribe to her um, daily email. So I get a quote from her every morning. And I follow her on social networking and I ordered, I don't know if you noticed, but the cards I've been giving people Mm -hmm. this whole year, I ordered a bunch of stuff from her website just because, you know what? I can explain what happened. Okay. Okay. So first of all, she's just a a beautiful poet and writer. She's also a musician, just a, you know, just a beautiful person. She also knows she's autistic? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. She, what, uh, she was given that diagnosis in adulthood, oh, wow. but it helped her understand her her childhood a lot better. Sure. So one of the things that I realized is that I think prior to this year, 2022, since maybe 2016, I had been digging deep into shadow stuff, you know, and which is important. Can you define what your version of shadow means? Um, well, it, it was my own shadow, but also our, the shadow of our country, the, sh- the things we don't want to look at. So remember, shadow isn't the bad part of us necessarily. It's the things we don't want to look at. Well, that's why I asked, because my definition of shadow is something that I hide, deny, or repress. Right. So sometimes we're like, shadow's my bad self. It's like, not always. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the shadow is pieces of ourselves that we've pushed away because we don't think they'll be accepted. Part of you that you're unwilling to reveal or unwilling to look at. Correct. And I love, and again, just because I've been listening to one of Richard Rohr's books again, um, is he calls it, you when you're when you're dealing with your shadow, you're shadow boxing. Yeah. So in your life, you're constantly shadow boxing and you, um, and it's good, like it's good work. And I think that there's been pieces of just over the last since I think since 2016, where I've been kind of having to deal with things um, outside of me, things in in work world, things in our country, things within me, things with being a parent, all this stuff, and and that continues. It didn't end, but and then that's when I dove really far into cult stuff, like recognizing that I had been part of really some cultish things, and so I was just really going into these pieces of myself, right, and then. There was something where I, I think I even said this out loud to you, like that was important. And if I go back and listen to all those shows, I I stand by them, meaning it's things I wanted to talk about. It's things we need to look at. And I hope we continue doing that. But I also realized what I really love Mm -hmm. is, and this is going to be like, duh, of course, but I like light. I like being like, look at this good thing. Mm -hmm. And we can't deny shadow, but there was something that Morgan Harper Nichols kind of brought me back to myself where I was like, oh, yeah, we can just say this really lovely thing, like notice the grace in the world. And and I was like, yes. like, And what I realized is everything is a cycle in that I used to be very much a, a positive affirmation person sure. and I just throw them at people and I had all these quotes and books, but I wasn't really living them. I just... And then you kind of, when you, and then I went through a cycle of being like, are these even real? Yeah. Or are these meaningful? Are they meaningful? Or what did I mean? And then now I'm back where I love them again, Mm -hmm. but from a more whole perspective. I don't use them to bypass. I don't use them to say, no, 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 everything's light because it's not. Sure. But I do like them. And she is just somebody who I think is honest about everything and brought me back to what I love. Nice. Um, so anyway, and and I found, I was looking at that um, a couple of days ago, that Zen parenting moment that went out and so many people clicked on her link Interesting. that I put on the news. So I'm so happy about that. Well, she has a blog, a podcast, an app, and she has books. She She's, does a lot of things. Yeah. She's not just an artist who draws p- pictures. But it definitely has her 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 vibe is all over her stuff in the best way. Number two, you ready, sweetie? Yeah. Uh, Zen parenting, caring for ourselves and our children in an unpredictable world. So my book came out in 2022. It seems like it was forever ago, but it came out this year. Um, And I, that was such a long time coming. And 
you know, I wrote a completely different book before this one came out that got rejected. Yep. And then I had to write. An, so it was. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, sweetie. book writing. How it keeps you humble. Um, you know what I think about book writing? What? <laughs> I don't think that fits. <laughs> Those are the people that rejected your idea, sweetie. <laughs> well, it's just so funny because I think people who are like, I think I'll write a book someday. Okay. Just, just, you just venture into this industry and see all the pieces of this industry. Like, and I know I have a lot of friends who are writers, authors, and they, and I have pe- plenty of people to like moan and groan about it, but it's not for the best writers. And it's not always for the things that I think people could use the most. It's what's current. What's going to sell. What's going to what sell is. and how much of a platform you have. Well, and that's, what's great about the self-publishing <laughs> industry. 20 years ago, if you want to write a book, you needed to be a part of the system. Right. And now you simply don't. Right. Now you're choosing to because you want to get in, you have entered into that world. Right. Yeah. I wanted to be a part of the system with this book because I really wanted to have a a wider audience and I wanted to have more behind me. So anyway, my book came out this year. So thank you to those who bought it. Thank you to those who read it. Thank you for those who wrote a um, review Thanks to on those Amazon. who attended our virtual summit. Thanks to those who attended our virtual summit. Thanks to those who blurbed it for me. And thanks to people who still email me about it or post it on social media. Like that never gets old because I, if something spoke to you in some way, um, that's the only thing I ever want to do is make someone, that's the Morgan Harper Nichols thing is I want people to read something and go, oh, I don't have to be so hard on myself. Sure. I mean, because people have done that for me. You know what I mean? Like when I, the books I read where I read something and I'm completely different after I read it, you know, you're kind of like if I could offer one eighth of that to mm-hmm. somebody. So anyway, that's, that's that book this came, that came out this As year. As a quick tangent, uh, I'm in the middle of a self-compassion small batch in Men Living. Yeah. And this is not something new. This is something we've talked about in this can podcast. You, can you, you're using your jargon. What's a small batch? Just a group of guys come together that want to connect in surrounding a specific topic. So like in Men Living, you guys have all these like little subcommittees. We have little subgroups, subgroups. not committees. They're not committees. Guys, and so this one happens to be based off of Kristen Neff's book. Yes. It's a workbook. It's a self-compassion workbook. So there's 19 of us, I think, and we're going through the book. And what's funny is I um, have intended to complete this workbook for years. Mm -hmm. Like I literally bought it like three years ago. And I I kept getting to like the second chapter. So did you have it before I used it in my college class? Yes. Really? Yeah. And because I thought it's important because I do think, you know, one of the foundational teachings of Kristen Neff's work is how, you know, think of something that, uh, let's say a friend comes to you and says, oh my God, look what I just did. I lost my wallet. I lost my purse. I just screwed up this presentation at work. I just yelled at my kids. I would always say, oh, dude, just go go easy, man. Right. It's okay. But if I do those things, it's a completely different right. experience. Right. So that's the first thing I'm learning through this workbook. Not learning, but reinforcing. And then the second thing are the three elements which we've talked about, which is self-kindness, common humanity. mindfulness, and common humanity. So in the workbook, it gives you all these different... So real quick, self-kindness is being able to talk to yourself with kindness and love, right? Mindfulness is being... Talking to yourself like a friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My mindfulness is being present of what's going on in you and around you and allowing things to to penetrate you and express, like um, have an open flow of emotions, not blocking anything. Yeah. So that's one of the definitions that um, I've used for mindfulness, and I think I may have even pulled it from the book, is just not... Because I, I say mindfulness is being aware of what's going on around me without judgment, and even that doesn't seem to land for me anymore because... I think I can be present and judge at the same time. Now I'm more like being present is being open to whatever experience shows up. Yeah. Anger, sadness, fear from a place of reactivity or openness, it doesn't matter. So that is my newest definition of how, when I think of mindfulness or presence. So I think when I think about self-compassion and the piece of mindfulness, what I focus on the most or what I teach the most with that is don't make it mean something it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So if you lost your wallet, mindfulness is you lost your wallet right now. It doesn't mean you've always been someone who loses stuff. Judgment and it comes doesn't in, mean I'm disorganized, I'm irresponsible, all the stories that we make up about losing a wallet. Yeah, like a friend of mine was just telling me a story about how she 
lost her phone and then she had to get a new one. And then she lost her phone again three days later. And all of a sudden she was like, I have a brain disorder. Mm-hmm. I have dementia. Sure. I have early onset. I have and that's that's where you're lost yeah. and you're not mindful about you're just doing this experience. It yeah. doesn't mean anything else. Sure. And so it's like it keeps you present. Yeah. So the third and final pillar of what it means to be self-compassionate is common humanity, mm-hmm. which means we all beat ourselves up. It's yep. part of like kind of... And so we all lose our wallet. We all lose our wallets or whatever version of, of whatever our behaviors is. So in the workbook, it gives you all these different kind of prompts of what fits for you. And um, where I ended up, I could talk for a long time about this, but instead I'll just tell you where I arrived. Whenever I find myself beating myself up for something, something I said, something I did, something I thought, um, I have a, a three-part mantra. Okay. One is, for me, it's like, let's just say I lost my wallet. I am feeling stress. Okay. Okay. And that's the mindfulness. Like right now where I am is I'm feeling stress. Okay. The second piece is everybody feels stress, which mm-hmm. is the common humanity. Everybody feels stress. And then the third is... And they had all these kind of like lovey-dovey positive language that I didn't like in the prompts. So instead, my third one, which is self-kindness, is just go easy, brother. Mm. So on my post-it note underneath my computer in my office upstairs, it says, I'm feeling stress. Everybody experiences stress. Go easy, brother. And those are my, that's my tool to be more self-compassionate. Why do you choose that word stress? It's just one example. It's just... Usually when I am beating myself up, I'm experiencing stress. Okay. So you are saying that is your general yeah, statement because, because you said, I lost my wallet, so I'm mm-hmm. experiencing stress. And I was, and you, you may say, no, 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 those are completely linked. Yeah. You can insert, I am judging, I, I am yeah. mad, okay. like whatever word fits your inner dialogue. Mm-hmm. So that's the one I chose to run with. Got it. So anyways... Um, I don't know how I got there, but yeah, that's... Uh, we were talking about, I think, uh, my book. Oh, yeah. And then just that's, you know, self-compassion, ABC, one, two, three. And what's interesting in the book, they have you take these tests about how self-compassionate mm-hmm. you are and all the guys are checking in with their numbers and the lower number, the more you beat yourself up and the higher number, you go easier on yourself. And it's like one to five scale. And I think I was like at a 2.2 or something mm. like that. A lot of guys checked in with threes and fours. Some guys checked in with ones. Sure. So it's just really interesting. Well, it, you know, so, you know, going back to connecting what you're doing in Kristen Neff's workbook with my, my book about the chakras is that that is your um, fourth chakra. That's where... Um, Which one is the your, fourth? Your heart center. Heart center, okay. Um, and, you you know, you can put it anywhere, mm-hmm. but that's, that's where I wrote about it in the book, was your ability to be able to love yourself and accept love. Like sometimes the... Sometimes our lack of... Sometimes we see a lack of self-compassion and that we won't accept help. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like we think we shouldn't need help. Yeah. And so there's such a big lack of, you know, if somebody came to us and said, I need help with this, we'd be like, yeah, go to it. Get mm-hmm. help. Good, smart, yeah. wise. And then all of a sudden we're struggling and we're like, oh my God, if I get help. I could do this myself. And when I say help, I'm not always talking about get a therapist. I'm talking about like, I don't know which direction to go. I forgot what time we're meeting. Um, I don't remember this person's name. I don't. And we're like, but I can't ask. Yeah, right. Because then then I'm an awful person versus. I should know this by now. Right. And that's not self-compassionate because you don't. Yeah. Like the truth is you don't. So it's like, and and let me say, these are the areas where we can work on this because I think you and I have conversations all the time where we'll be like, I was so embarrassed. I just pretended I knew, Mm -hmm. which I think is very human. And I don't, again, I wouldn't beat myself up for that. But there are times when it's okay to be like, I need to know this. Um, I just thought of one example where I think you beat yourself up pretty good. Okay, good. And we were out to dinner. We were not to dinner. You, you, you ran into some people oh, you knew. Oh, my God. You want to share that? <laughs> it's like, I don't like this story. So this is self-compassion. Like, let's I see know. how you do. Oh. Okay. Even my girls know this story because it was so bad. I was... Um, 
It's, no, it's really not that bad. It just made me feel yeah, bad. Sure. I was hard on myself. So basically, I think the gist of it was I was eating out with a friend, and then there was a group of women at another table not too far away, and they said, hey, could you take our picture? And I said, yeah, um, I'd be happy to. And I think I took their picture, and I was like, this is great, or how do you guys know each other? Or where?" You? I, I said something like, where are you from? And they were all like you know us, yeah. we take these classes with you mm-hmm. and, you know, we're in this group with you and mm-hmm. you have taught, <sighs> you, you have, you know, presented us. Yeah, you, to some of these women several times. Like yeah. I've come to their school and I've done, and I was really, really embarrassed. So what stories did you make up about that experience or what feelings did you feel? I felt that I know how valuable and important it is to have people, this is so layered, recognize you. Mm -hmm. Okay, because let me explain something. When I speak to groups or when I am with a group of women, they tell me really deep things. Mm -hmm. And I listen. I'm there for it, man. I I am there and I am listening. But then if you ran into me again and I didn't know who you are, that's that makes me feel like that they would think I don't care. And I do care. I just didn't recognize or I don't always remember everybody's face or name. So if I told you an identical story about my experience, Mm -hmm. what do you think you would say to me? Uh, Well, I I know, like, because we've gone through this exercise, I would say, how uh, can you be expected to remember everybody? Mm -hmm. Because you, we do this all Mm -hmm. the time. And this is what, and the other funny thing is, is this is a different note, but sometimes I'm talking to someone and I really don't know them and they'll be like, oh yeah, like your daughter went to blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I walk away and I'm like, oh yeah, we do a podcast. Mm-hmm. There are people who know our life yeah. and I forget that when I'm talking to people at Starbucks mm-hmm. and they'll be like, yeah, I know that you and Todd, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what do, did we have a conversation? Yeah. And then you and I kind of switch back into, oh yeah, we talk about our lives. So my point is, but I don't, this it all comes down to what would make you feel bad mm-hmm. and when i am with people and they people i think know me well and they don't know my name or they don't know and i don't mean like in the world of work i mean like social so you're trying to experience it through their yeah, eyes I, I would be like if i had told this person oh my gosh and this is going on with my kid and this is going on with my partner and i'd met with this person several times and then she didn't even recognize me mhm So let me try my best to give you space to feel your feelings and get mad at yourself and all that stuff. While at the same time, like, you know, just logically speaking, when was the last time you saw this group of people together? Was it? uh, Well, I uh, didn't even recognize that they all knew each other. Was it a month ago? Was it a year ago? Was it five years ago? I don't know. I don't know. Give me your best guess. I mean, I've been doing this for 12 years. I don't know. Uh, maybe the last time I was at a school was maybe three or four years ago. So COVID was three years mm-hmm. ago, just so you know. So four years ago. So you are beating yourself up because you didn't recognize somebody that you saw four years ago while you're presenting in a school or somebody's house mm-hmm. and you're at dinner with your friend. Like, I'm just trying to kind of like help you understand that the context I know I think I really... it was I had met with them in diff, like I had spoke at the school and then I did a group for this with these women and mm. and not necessarily all of them but it all started to kind of click in yeah. where I was like oh wait and did you have a glass of wine that night no okay uh-uh. so you were, you, you no. didn't have the Mm-mm. alcohol as an excuse but like I just want to like and you know just invite you to give yourself and you've already done this. Like, right. this is an older story. It's an old story. But uh, I was I think embarrassed. It's an, yeah, it's an I was embarrassed. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, my three mantras is, I'm embarrassed. Yeah. Everybody feels embarrassment. Right. Go easy. Right. Like, that's it. Well, and that's the thing is the bottom line is, is they probably walked away and didn't think a thing of it afterwards. Sure. I'm sure they didn't walk away and go, wow, yeah, we're you, so you offended. you made it much more important than they did. The thing is, is my value system or character or desire, because I don't want to like sum it up in like a word like my character is dependent on it. But I would like people to feel valued when I am having a conversation with them, especially if they've told me things about their lives Mm -hmm. that are really deep and intimate. And and it it was like a a moment of where I'm like, ooh, I am not showing up the way that I want. Now, the idea that I could really remember every single person who's asked me a question is ridiculous. Yeah. It just, there was something about the moment sure. that felt, I felt un- disconnected and, and lack of humility. I don't, I don't even know what it was. Not lack of humility. I don't know. I was just embarrassed. 
That's all right. Just be embarrassed. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, by the way, I, as a producer of the show, I've decided something. Okay. The first of these two podcasts is going to be about these eight things. Okay. And the second, second part two podcast is going to be about things that are good, truthful, and beautiful. Okay. So we got to get a move on I then. Know. Three. Um, number three. Actually, before I do that, I did want to just talk quickly about our big teams and announcement. Okay. So you guys, if you hear the show with any regularity, we do this thing called Team Zen. It's 25 bucks a month. It's for people who really want to dive deeper into some of the things that we talk about. We are coming out as of yesterday with a Team Zen 2.0 app. Oh boy. It's going to be so good. It's, it already is so good. And just some of the newest features that we have is it's going to be on your phone. So it's a one-stop shop for everything we offer, which includes our Zen Talks. We do two Zen Talks a month uh, where we invite a thought leader for one of them. And the other is just a support call that Kathy and I host. Uh, we have four different micro communities. Kathy's starting a, I don't know what we're calling it yet, a, a women only group mm -hmm. where you're going to talk about women's issues, talk about women's issues with other women. Um, I'm also going to do a, I do these Zen parenting moments every week and I'm going to do, you know, quick videos diving a little deeper, kind of like what we do on the show, sure. but maybe explaining where I got things and, and, you know, giving people, directing them to resources and such. And there's a lot more to it, but I will say while supplies last, anybody who signs up in J December or January, while I have enough shirts, shirts, I have these, I listen, uh, kind of baseball Jersey, soft t-shirts. Mm -hmm. And anybody who joins Team Zen will get a T-shirt as soon as they sign up. And let me say something about Zen Parenting 2.0 and why we decide to do it. We've been doing Zen Parenting a long time, and we have a lovely, lovely virtual community. What Todd and I have noticed over the last couple of years is where the holes and the flaws are, right? Like, And there's things like, where where is this Zoom link? Or when does this event start? Or how can I reach these people? And so we basically figured out a way, or thank you, Brad, um, our web guy and our friend, he figured out a way to put everything in the same place so people don't have to be searching, you know, high and low for information. It's all there. And this app that is, it can be on your computer or on your phone or both, you get so much more. Mm -hmm. Like all my Zen Parenting moments will be there. Our podcast will be there. Pop culturing will be there. Community will be there. We're going to do exclusive podcasts specific exclusive podcasts. just for Team Zen members about anxiety or some other things. Yeah. And we're leaving Facebook. We're not going to be on Facebook anymore. So we used to have our community on Facebook, and that's where we talk. And now all the this community connection and writing to each other will be on the app and on our laptop. So we're trying to like walk the walk of what we what we try and offer. You know what I mean? Like this connection and simplicity. And um, and again, we're just we want people to all of the people who've been with us. They they are. This is hard earned. They deserve this simplicity. So if you're interested, click on uh, the link in the show notes. So just scroll on your phone and you can learn more. Um, and it's important to note. Zen Parenting will continue to have a Facebook page, but all of the Team Zen Facebook mm -hmm. pages will be deleted. And they were private, so if you weren't in Team Zen, you never saw them yeah, anyway. Right. Um, but now we're going to be off of there. And so people, you know, try like we're going to be offering things every month that are going to be on this Team Zen app. And if you're interested in something we offer, jump in for a month and see if you get something out of every, you know, not just the offering of the month, but out of all the other things that we share. So we're pretty excited about it. No doubt. Yeah. Um, okay. You ready for number three, yes. sweetie? Yes. Stutz on Netflix yep. and the tools by Phil Stutz. What are we talking about here? And Barry Michaels, two authors of that book. So we don't need to go deep into this. We already did a show about Stutz. Um, it's the Netflix uh, documentary that Jonah Hill did about his therapist, Phil Stutz. And then Phil and his friend Barry Michaels, they have a book called The Tools. Um, it's one of those like... You know, I tend to be more as we, you know, this is our tagline of the show, spiritual and emotional. And when I talk to people, it's usually more of a CBT thing, which is cognitive behavioral therapy and going kind of a deeper dive into their thinking and their processing. And I'm not always as logical and pragmatic as you um, in your, you know, your whole coaching thing. You're always like, here's the steps and here's the things and here... But there's something about Stutz's work that I think is a nice blend of let's take some action on these things. Yep. But there's also like he wants he wants clients or people who read the book to leave with something tangible. But it also is a spiritual deep dive. It's not just a okay, let's check this off our list. It's an ongoing process. Um, and so I just found it to be a nice blend, and I'm going to use the his book. 
uh, he and Barry's book with my college kids next semester. So I'm going to see oh, nice. how we can utilize it. Mm-hmm. And uh, just so you know, we the podcast we did was on December 6th, and it's called Increase Your Life Force, podcast 687. So if you watch that documentary, you might really like that specific podcast that we did. Yeah. Uh, the next one uh, that I'm sure you're going to love talking about, The Vow, a little bit culty, WTF is on my mind. I don't know what that is. WTF is on my mind with Mark Vicente. That is Mark's podcast. So, you know, we were just talking about all the cult stuff. Um, The Vow on HBO, a little bit culty with Sarah Nippy, and then WTF um, is on my mind with Mark Vicente. Those are two podcasts. Um, Hopefully, I heard from a bunch of people who said they didn't even know we did that a little bit culty podcast with Sarah Nippy. We did, and yep. we did it in September, and it was one of my favorite interviews of all time. Like, I loved it because um, of what they've meant to me, these people, these whistleblowers, these people who are willing to stand up and make a change and recognize, um, you know, their thinking and their processing and what it means to follow a leader and their loss of autonomy and and there there's so many aspects to it that I could relate to and I think we all can like Sarah always talks about this being the golden age of cultish you know awareness but I think she's right in that all that you know there's so many whistleblowers now in every cult but really they're shining a light on all of us and saying what do you believe and who do you follow and 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 how have we gotten it to this place of this divisive culture where people follow like one person's thinking or one person on Twitter or what, like how have we gotten to a place where we're not thinking for ourselves and using our own common sense and our own sense of um, uh, intuitive knowledge Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, connection to what actually is helping ourselves and others. So just, you know, watch The Vow, listen to our podcast with Sarah Nippy, listen to their podcast, also follow Mark Vicente. I love his podcast. And, and what's I'm, Mark Vicente's uh, podcast name? It's called uh, WT, uh, WTF is on my mind. Quite as often as I could have. It's a little, a little bit of a sharp turn. Maybe I didn't treat you. I like Willie's voice, don't you? I do, but it really has nothing to do with what we're talking Quite about. Not as nothing good at all. As I should but have. I just want to hear him sing that one part. Okay. If I made oh. you feel so Nelson's still kicking. Yeah. You were yeah. always on. Yeah, I never was a huge fan of his voice, I gotta be honest. Oh, really? He is definitely a it's he's just we grew up with him, so we're kinda used to it. But yeah, you know. He was like a movie star there for a while. Remember? Yeah, on the road again or Honeysuckle Honeysuckle Rose. Honeysuckle Rose, yeah. hmm I bet you he just crushed the acting. Yeah, and he's actually been in a few cents. Really? A few cents, oh, yeah. I have no like, idea. Yeah, he's done. I think he actually people think he's fairly good. I have no idea. Okay, so let's move off of our uh, number four Num- to number five. Uh, actually, we just did number five. Now we're on... Oh, that was number five already? Yeah, because we did studs. Oh, no. Oh, studs. No, you know what? I, I inserted something because I'm taking show notes. So, yeah. Next one is drums. Oh, yeah. Well... What do you got to say about drums? Well, um, I bought a drum set and I play drums now. I'm a drummer. Can you play... Let's see. Can you play this? Yes. Yes. And I have a love. So I've been complaining because now that I can play a little bit and you guys, please know that if I ever share any of my drumming, I'm not saying I'm great. I'm 51 years old. I just started, but it's really fun. And it's something I've always wanted to do. And um, uh, I'm learning in a multitude of different ways. I'm learning through reading music. I'm learning through YouTube videos. I'm learning through just playing on my own. And it's super fun. Um and yes, I can do that drum roll. It and takes, but man, the the respect and admiration I have for drummers now, because I can hear what they're doing and I can see what they're doing with their feet and their hands. And I don't think people understand. And, and I'm sure guitar players would say this or, you know, yeah, piano players. Yeah, I would say players. about anybody who is really good at what they do musically. Their musicianship, like, 
Todd and I kind of dive deep into watching drummers now because I know how hard it is. I mean, now I've got the basics of being able to move my right foot and my left foot. And, you know, it's, it's basically like, you know, the whole like, what is it called where you hit your head Rubbing and your rub belly your stomach? And tapping your head. Yeah. You have to be able to, it's like dancing. You have to be able to move one side of your body at a different place of the other side of your body. And you have to be able to do a lot of things at once. And part of the reason I wanted to start it is I wanted to keep my mind healthy. You know, I wanted to like keep pushing my mind to be able to do things that aren't always, that don't always make sense. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, I really love it. And, and I, then why would I play this clip, sweetie? Why am I playing that? The sweet Foo Fighters. So, the reason I decided it was time to get drums is because I saw Shane Hawkins, who is Taylor Hawkins' son, uh, and they did a Foo Fighters um, tribute tribute to, to Taylor, Taylor Hawkins who passed away in like the beginning of September. And Shane, his son, who's only sixteen, maybe seventeen now, he played drums for that song, and he just played the drums so hard, mm. and he was so good. And I was like, you know what? I want to know what that kid knows. And he also, you know, I wrote about it. it was I feel like it's a way to work through grief. I use it that way. Sometimes I really play the drums hard <laughs> and it feels really good. Like you're just like, it's like a way. Todd has this medicine ball that he likes to throw around. It's a slam ball. I find no joy in that, but oh, I do so in drums. You haven't tried it, sweetie. But I playing, we're, you do your medicine ball, I'll play my drums. How about we switch roles just for a day and see what happens? Uh, no, because you've let me play the or pick up the medicine ball and I don't find the things you find in it. Oh. So I think we already did. I just feel like if I was really mad getting my madness out at mm -hmm. the drums, obviously drums are a wonderful, mm -hmm. but there's a part of me that would want to take the drumstick and pierce the skin of the drum. Well, imagine... Like just like straight, because I know you're supposed to hit obviously from the side, Yeah. but part of me would want to just like pierce it and break it all. Well, imagine playing something really hard with a lot of force and making music yeah even it's better. really beautiful like to be able to like yeah to and then to move into another place like it's very um to me i think it's very connected to emotions and it's a very um it's very soothing it's very loud i'm really grateful because not one of my family members has complained no we love it yeah like as long no as i'm not on a coaching call or something i'm all good you don't want me playing drums right there when you're on a coaching. <laughs> I'm pointing because like we're this is our podcast office that we're in right now, and literally right next door there's a sliding door, and it's my office, and that's where my drums are. <laughs> Can you imagine if I'm like I'm just gonna be in here? Yeah, well, and I sometimes haven't in a long time use your office for one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, yeah. and I have. I think that the mojo in the room, the energy in the room might be a little different if there's a drum kit in the corner. So. Well, I've had two people in there for sessions with my drums. Really? Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of feel like that's where I am. So yeah. this is this is my tool, everybody. Yeah. And, and it doesn't, the couch is still there. Yeah. And you could even bring it in like, hey, you mad? Hit the drums for a bit. Yeah. Or no, yeah. I don't share them very much because I got it all set up. You in know, a I have not, way. I have yet to sit on that chair and play any drums. Yeah. And, and you can, I'm not saying you have to stay away but it is very for me yeah. like my the way the feet are so if you messed with it too much oh sweetie i wouldn't mess with it <laughs> i would crush it yeah well you can play if you want all right you ready for the next one i am all right next one is this woman i think her name is taylor swift oh i happen to know her yeah um why did you put her in one of your favorite things of the year just because she's had just such a big year and everybody knows already that we love taylor and that our girls have loved taylor since the beginning of time and she just had such a big year and i think you know midnights came out she has this this you know arena tour that just was ridiculous in in how Ticketmaster sold the tickets they said something like she'd have to do like a show every day for like two or three years to get satisfy the demand. to satisfy the demand we ended up getting two tickets by the way Yay us but we're gonna have to figure out how to get two more if anybody else out there wants to sell their two tickets for less than what the going rate is just let me know but it has to be june 2nd in oh, yeah. chicago so or it's not. not remember the other thing i thought about doing with one of our kids oh yeah i just would like to go I don't want us to all go at different times. Like no, I want I, us to experience it no, together. No, I'm just talking about that other idea I have. Yeah, I like that other idea So too. if anybody has two extra tickets that they want to sell, oh, let me know. anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, but sweetie, you put in your blog uh, one of the things that got you started with Taylor Swift, something about 2012. Mean. 
and I'm supposed to be. You could be words like knives and swords and weapons that you use against me. You knock me off my feet again, got me feeling like a nothing. You with your voice like nails on a chalkboard. I don't know. I, it's hard for me to turn the song down. Turn it down, though, so we can move on. Um, so that was, I put that in there because that was the first thing that my girls saw that Taylor Swift did. And um, that was, what, 2009, is that what you said? 2012. 2012. So it was 10 or 11 years ago. Yeah. Is that right? As we entered like 2023. It was longer ago than that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, and that was kind of how everything, then we played that a million times. And then everything grows from there. If, any, um, if there's any Taylor Swift fans out there, Kathy and I and our three daughters did a podcast on pop culturing where we all came up with our favorite 10 Taylor Swift songs. Yeah, and we can link to it underneath these show notes yes. if you want to listen to it. It's really fun because we all have different top 10 lists. Yep. And my girls still debate. And then now Midnight's is in the mix because yeah. we only went up to her Evermore album. And then now Midnight's is in the mix, and that just messes everything up yeah. because that album is really good. Yeah. So I don't know what my top ten is. Would anything change for you? You don't know Midnight's. I don't very know well. Midnight's that well yet. I'm okay. sure I will, but I'm always Johnny Come Lately. I'm always a little late to the party, mm-hmm. and I'm fine with being late to yeah, the party. It's, it's fun. Okay. You're not late to real parties. Just don't call me late for dinner. I won't. Um, and I'm not late. I like. I love if like there's a party out there and it mm-hmm. starts at six. I love being there at six. Yeah, that's lame. Do you want to know why? Why? Because they wrote six. Mm. That's why. I know, but you got to know people. I know people. (laughs) Don't be telling me about people. I know people. And if somebody says six, I'm getting there at six. That's great. Have fun by yourself. No problem. That's like the best time. Then you get to hang with the host in a way that you wouldn't if you show up at 625. All right. I think I'll still get there at 625. That's free advice, everybody. Okay. You're, You're welcome. You're welcome. We have two more to go, okay. but they're both kind of big ones. Okay. We'll go over them quick. Um, we're fine. We're fine. Oh, we are? Yeah. Okay. Stranger Things, The Crown, Severance, The Dropout, Midnight Club, and Euphoria. Mm-hmm. All of those things. What are these things? So I just put all of those because those are the shows we watched with our kids this year. And maybe there's some more that I forgot. I know we were, we're watching Harry and Meghan now. Um, what else are we watching with the girls? We watch a ton of horror movies this watched year. Watched Die Hard Part 2 last night. We watched Die Hard. We, watch, we always watch the regular Die Hard around this time, but we watched Die Hard 2 last night. And eh. Um, not, not, not as good as I was hoping. I, I had seen it before, but I was like, Die Hard 1 is just so much so better because Hans timeless. Gruber. It's yeah. timeless. It's all about Hans. And Ellis. Don't worry about Ellis. Don't Bobby. Forget. Hans. Bobby. Bobby. You're, I'm your white knight. I'm your white knight. Um, anyway, so we those shows that you listed, we watch them together. And, and it's just enjoyable to have these like common things that we're doing and we have these conversations and... And they're all so thought-provoking. Like Euphoria, the girls didn't want to watch with us. They watched it on their own and asked us to watch it so we could have conversations about it. There's a lot of sex in Euphoria, so the girls weren't super pumped about watching that with us. Um, but the rest of them, we all watched at the same time. And, you know, Severance was a deep dive, man. Like oh, yeah. that was – the crown is super interesting and historical, and not just about the monarchy, but what was going on in the world. Those are like really enjoyable conversations and – um, the Midnight Club, that's Mike Flanagan's work. We watch, we watch anything Mike Flanagan does. That's our family's like favorite director and writer. Um, and what else is in there? Uh, let me go back to it. The Crown. Um, Stranger Things. So, oh, well, duh. Ugh, duh. Stranger so things. Stranger Things is so important to all of us, and that's another pop culturing we did. We did um, this. Did we do a two-part? Yeah, we did a two-part about this this season. So Todd put that in the show notes, too, because that was – and our girls were part of that discussion. Um, they like to do uh, – if they're watching the show with us, they will do podcasts with us about it. Can I do a 20-second tribute to Ellis from Die Hard? Sure. It's obvious you're not some dumb schmuck up here to snatch a few purses, am I right? I watch 60 Minutes. I say to myself, these guys are professional. They're motivated. They're happening. I eat. They want something, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, Ellis is, um, I thought you were going to play the good part. Hans Booby? Uh-huh. But yeah, he's just an interesting character. But I'll tell you something. Those 80s movies, those 80s, 90s movies, they are violent. We got to do Hans Booby. Business is business. You use a gun, I use a fountain pen. What's the difference? Am I right? Hans. Booby. <laughs> Why? I'm your white knight. Did, that, did, did somebody write in the script, okay, call Hans Booby? Yeah, what does that word mean? I have no idea, but it's great. I, what I love is Hans is so like, 
who the yeah, hell like, is oh my this god, guy? this like this is like the worst version of an American ever. Alan Rickman. Moment of silence. Yeah. Um, Amazing. All right, so I think you covered all of those. Okay. The dropout. Do you tell? Oh, the, the dropout. dropout. Skyler and I watched that together, and that was a great discussion too. About talk about um, you know what we do to become famous or to become known or the the holes or the gaps that we have in ourselves and why we decide to make the choices we do like you know all these young people who are trying to create something but are unwilling to ask for help or to be honest about their experience this crypto guy who just got in trouble you know like and then you know elizabeth holmes from theranos that was what the dropout was about and you know all the uh, Anna do what was her name? Uh, the there's another one that um, Julia Garner was in, and you know they're all all these like people who are trying to be make money and be famous, but they have no sense of value or they have no sense of character or they have no sense of what's most important. And a lot of it's because they're young, you know, like uh, it's just one of those things where um, if you can start something with your young and make it work into the future, it tells me that you were able to gather a team, Mm -hmm. you know, to support you. Um, You can still be the visionary and you can still be in charge, but it is so important to have other people who have been there before. Mm, Love it. You ready for the last one? Uh, The last one is The Artist's Way. And I guess I'll just jump in here. Yeah. Um, The reason that this song, this book came to you, uh, it's a book that you've read multiple times in the past. And um, I told you I was listening to a Billy Corgan interview. Billy's the lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins. And he was talking about his experience uh, of depression and suicidal ideation. Uh, One of the books, actually the book that got him out of it, was The Artist Way by mm-hmm. Julia Cameron? Julia Cameron. Julia Cameron. And who used to be married to Al Pacino. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, Al Pacino's probably got a lot of ex-wives, just a yeah. guess. Uh, but anyways, so The Artist Way helped Billy get out of his depression and also helped him write. Disarm. Side of me is such a part of you. Well, if I remember correctly from the podcast that you shared with me, he actually said that he and Courtney Love were really good friends. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, if you listen to Gish, which you know Gish better than I do, sure. he would write all these songs. Um, that was one of their albums, Smashing Pumpkins. And the lyrics meant nothing. The lyrics it's meant nothing. Kind of stupid, yeah. So Courtney Love said to him at one point, um, and he shares this story. This is directly from him that she's like, why? Why the person I'm talking to right now? Why doesn't that guy write songs? Right. Because you're so deep and you're so aware, yet you don't write songs about it. So disarm was the first time he wrote about his experiences being abused as a child. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, so what did that book? So, what it, bringing that book back in did it help you, sweetie? Yeah. So basically, I will say that when I was going through depression in my early 40s, and the artist way also got me through it. Yeah. So I think it's a way to really, it's a to me, it's another way to question your thinking mm-hmm. and to focus on gratitude and to really recognize when you are when your thoughts are are going south. Um, it 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 helps you release a lot of. Um, heaviness first thing in the morning through morning pages and dump that it helps you recognize how creativity is the key to finding meaning like and you do it she has all sorts of different ways that you do it so it's you know like i would have to go through every single chapter but it's also about how important your individual voice is it doesn't matter that's that someone has already written a hundred parenting books or that all these parenting books are out there there's all these albums or musicians your voice is a one and only, sure. you know, and it doesn't matter. You know, a lot of times we'll say, well, I'm not going to do that. Someone's done that already. <laughs> Look at podcasting. Right. Look how many people podcast. But if you're doing it, then it's it's going to be completely different because it's coming from you. And, you know, it's been a, it's the last couple of months have been really hard. You know, my mom is not doing well. Um, and, you know, I've had some health things and it's been really hard. And I needed to really be able to question 
my thinking. Mm-hmm. And I'll actually get into that more in our next podcast sure. for next week. Yeah. And um, I guess for me, when I think of the artist's way, I'm like, well, you know, and this is, I know this is a wrong opinion. I'm like, well, I'm not good at drawing or journaling. So I, I would derive no value from this book. I know that that is like such a silly thing. So, and it's probably just because it's called the artist's way. And I always think of myself as not an artist. Like art class was always my least enjoyable. Did you read the book Zen Parenting? I did. Okay. Yeah. Well, the whole thing is about that that word, artist and creative. Mm-hmm. Not the whole thing, but I really get deep into it. Sure. Y- y- there's nobody who's not an artist. Right. The way you live and dress, your purple glasses, your oh, yeah. choice of shoes, the way you laugh, that's all creative. Right. It comes straight from you. I know. And I have this like narrow focus on what it means to be creative or artistic. And I just need to blow that up. Completely. Because that's what's taught to us in school is like, you're either in art class or you're not in art class, or you're either getting prizes or you're not getting prizes for your art. Like all that's baloney competition, capitalism stuff. I tend to get a lot of uh, feedback on my box figures from the members of my family. Right. But again, you're going back to art. That's not, it's not about what you draw. I know. And it's about, how would you, Evaluate my box figures, <laughs> honey. Will you're... you describe for the audience what my box? Da- figures are? When when Todd draws somebody, he just draws a box and then puts like a a half moon on top of their head as like their head, not a half moon, but like a half circle, a half a half circle on top of their shoulders, on top of their shoulders. Then he just has their legs and arms sticking down. He calls him. He's like, that's my guy. Those are my. That's guys. how you draw guys. And you always have drawn those, and those are lovely, and that's creative. Are they lovely, though? Have you ever seen, like, cartoons where people, like, draw things? That, and again, I'm going back to drawing, yeah. what I'm trying to get away from drawing, yeah. but where people have their own way of drawing things, and it becomes, like, look at the Simpsons. Yeah. It's not like they're realistic. Yeah. You know, they have, like, crazy heads and yeah. whatever, but it is from that that person. It's mm-hmm. it's a representation of how they see things. Sure. And so the words you use, yeah. the the way that you move, the way that you dress, like everything is a creative endeavor. Like I often, you know, our house is, you know, like sometimes I go to people's houses and everything's so beautiful and yeah. perfect and everything matches. It's like pottery barn stuff. And I like to have our house very clean. I'm very big into that. But when I look around my house, it's just a bunch of words and a bunch of books and a bunch of, it's very representational I think representative. Of representative, thank you, better word, of what we do. And you can tell we have kids. Like yeah. their artwork is everywhere and their pictures are everywhere. And and I, that is, even though I've had times where I've been like, oh, it'd be nice to have more formal areas or whatever. I'm also like, this is who we are. And that's our... I say, I say no to formal areas. I know. And we don't even have space for formal areas. I don't even, but you know, sometimes when you go to someone's house and you're like, wow, like this. Yeah, they got like a dining room with all the, all the right glasses and placemats. I don't know how to do that. I mean, when I say that, I could learn. I don't, I don't, that's not where I put my, I don't know how to do it. I don't want to do it. I get uncomfortable when I'm a part of it. Like, just give me the informal. (laughs) That's all I got to say. All right. So in closing, uh, I want to say, give special thanks to Jeremy Kraft. Yes. He's uh, been our partner since the very first podcast. 12 years, Jeremy. Painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area, 630-956-1800. Kathy has a book, which would be great if you bought it for a friend or for yourself. And you, if you have a holiday break right now, get it. Boom. And uh, yeah, I coach guys one-on-one. So um, we are about to press stop on this recording and continue on with the what we believe to be true Good and beautiful, isn't it? Good, true, and beautiful. And that will be next week's podcast. Next week's podcast. So keep talking, everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are always grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen, pre-ordering Kathy's Zen Parenting book, or subscribing to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com. If you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we will talk to you again next week.